December 7, 2020. It's a lot for Pedro's show. Thank you. 
Pedro Show. Happy Monday. This is the second one. 
Maybe not. Who, can, who, who knows about time now? We start off with uh, Little Mel- Melanie from John Coltrane with Miles Davis, and then uh, Go to Man from Life in the Blender. Uh, quick Quarantino mode, so Brother Matt's still at the Love Grotto a couple miles south here. But I'm not totally man alone because those Skype engineers in Estonia with their incredible peer-to-peer invention. I got Don Ralph with me from Life is Life in a Blender. Life is a Blender. <laughs> Life is a Blender, too, yeah. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard, Don. Well, I want to go through your fucking... Uh, I know there was another cat with you with this, but your personal journey through music. So so, so if you can, remember, it's a Watford Pedro show, so there's no hard questions and there's no wrong answers. But what's your <laughs> earliest musical recollection, Don? Um... Well, I tell the story of that music came to me, you know, almost from the gods because I grew up in Poughkeepsie and I grew up near this dump and me and my buddies would walk through the dump to the drugstore to get comics and candy and all that stuff. And one day walking through the dump, I was behind my two friends and I stepped on this box. It felt like a box underneath my feet as we crossed through the dump. I'm like, what? what's that? That's That feels weird under my feet. And I look down and I dig through the trash a little bit and I pull up the box and it's actually a guitar case. And there was this great 12-string guitar in this case in the dump. My friends are like, how did you find that? Why did you find that? <laughs> we we should have that guitar. But um, I found the guitar and that sort of just got me interested right there from, say, junior high that I found a guitar in a dump. So it was and a, I would say it I, was... I've, kept that dump, I've kept that dump like energy in our music ever since. It was a it was a donate. But, it was but, a donate. But, 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 it was kind of a twelve string with the kind of a warp neck. But uh, and then I used it for a bit, and then said, "Okay, uh, I'll, I'll trade it in." But but there in Potown, when you in were, Poughkeepsie, yeah, when you were a boy before this dumpster journey, was there anything in the like the pad you grew up? Did was there any instruments? Oh, we had a piano. We had a uh, a player piano that you would you know pump with your feet and put in the spools. And my dad had all the old you know. Alexander's ragtime band and it turn 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 on the spools. So I feel like that was the one instrument we had in the house. But humans up. humans didn't play it. It was scrolls. Humans, we 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 tried to play it, but it was fun to grab onto the bottom of that piano and, and start pumping like it was like an exercise machine. But okay. you know the player piano. <laughs> so your your uh, parents and your family they were more listeners than players. Yeah, my dad he played by ear though. He was pretty good at picking out songs and could get it. You know do a pretty decent job but they they didn't really uh read music you're, you're talking about he would work that player piano with his own fingers uh, yeah he would <laughs> okay but you were not you were not but like I, would, uh, I mean i would start to pluck out stuff yeah no, you know, but, slowly. But what i'm trying to ask you was you were not coerced into taking lessons no 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 i more you know developed it on my own started playing just like my dad picking things out by ear well, and, well, let, and me, learning let, on let me ask you this at school were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that no i you know i didn't do any of that but i knew all those guys and was friends with those people and so when, when i started writing music i felt like i knew a good group of people who helped me out that's always been the case that's the case now okay what about first record you bought yourself with your own money? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, because I always think my first records were my sister's hand-me-down records. So I think, you know, the ones I like that I poached from her collection. No, 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 no. I'm asking you ones you bought with your own money, because when you're a kid, you ain't got much money. So the ones you spend money on, kind of special, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. 
because you know i don't know i feel like i was always maybe i i feel like i got early tom white stuff more singer songwriter stuff for me early on but you can't you know? remember the first record you bought so it didn't make a big impression on you what about the yeah, first I, guess gig? I can't remember because i was so much I, what makes an impression on me is my sister's records you know i got killer queen yeah but, but you know that's donate shit that's like you fighting that 12 <laughs> string this is something you put your own money on it, it, it's not important you know it's just something yeah uh, what about, you know, because some people, wow, I really saved up money to get that, and then a year later they don't like it, okay? So this is the way human beings are, don't worry. Remember, it's Waffer Pedro show. No wrong answers. <laughs> right. Okay, what about first gig you went and saw, Don? Oh, first gig, yeah, at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center, Blue Oyster Cult. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Me and Dee I mean, Boone were way into that band. Mind-blowing, ear-blowing experience. Okay. With All the right. laser lights, the full show. I mean, that was just... Totally, just blew me away back then, and they kept coming back. I went to see them several times. Well, they weren't that far, you know. They're they're New Yorkers, right? I think from Long Island. Yeah, I think, yeah, Long Island, right? Right, right. And they went to school at uh, S U N Y Stony Brook. Is that right? I don't. I wasn't shitting wow. you, Don. That's why you're on the show to learn incredible factoids <laughs> like that. I knew I'd learn some things. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway, so that twelve string guitar. Since you didn't do the school thing, but you had some buddies. So did did you do the thing like the garage band, the bedroom band, the basement band? Yeah, basically meeting in, you know, friend's garage and basement and working on stuff. I mean, I would be coming up with sort of ideas for songs. We're in Poughkeepsie. I wrote this song. The first song really I wrote was this song, Poughkeepsie City of Sin. And that with my friend Dave Moody, who's still in the band today, my friend from junior high. and That's the you know, guy I was together. talking about. That was the guy I was talking about. Yeah. So we got together and wrote that early, early on. And then that became like, a, for us, became a little sensation in Poughkeepsie. And that sort of got us hooked. And we just kept going. So you didn't waste time copying songs off records. That's great to know. You started writing songs right off the bat. Yeah. That oh. was, oh, yeah, we never did, we, we did some covers, uh, but... Really, that was the route in was to write our own stuff. You no, know, that's fucking happening. Here in Pedro in the 70s, it wasn't like that, man. The best guy in town was the guy who could play Black Dog the best. That was it. <laughs> look, look. Right. Uh, this band that you and Doug had, uh, did it have a name? Yeah, uh, it was Batteries Not Included at the time. Ah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Beats, do I like uh, it now? No. I mean, do I like Life in a Blender totally? Oh, no, maybe not. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I like both names. They're better than like Wedding Tool or Turd Purse. <laughs> <laughs> Turd Purse is a tough one. <laughs> Dick Crane in the Blue Veins. Okay. Now, did you and Doug, did Battery not include it? What was the first gig? Did you guys do any gigs or was it just a practice band? No, we, uh, the, the, the first real show, there was a gong show. Now, this is back in the 70s. There was a uh, local gong show, and we wrote that song thinking, like, maybe we can get in the gong show, have this funny song about Poughkeepsie. That's, you know, Poughkeepsie City of Sin. Poughkeepsie was far from sin, and that was the whole joke. And, you know, that was a pretty, I, we want to say, punkish kind of song. Let, and let, uh, we took Don, it let me let me stop you for a minute. Yeah. You're talking the 70s. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking French Connection days. Yeah. Do you pick your feet and pee Poughkeepsie? So there's some, yeah, no, but there's no, some no, sin no, going no. on. There's some sin going on there, Don. <laughs> Foot picking. I like that. I like you know the French Connection connection with Poughkeepsie. Well, that's the code word, right? You got the shit. 
if you know Pick Your Feet in Poughkeepsie, then you know. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Now, tell me about this first gig, this gong show, Poughkeepsie gong show. So we were we were 16, got in the club. It, you know, it was a big event in in our eyes in Poughkeepsie. And we entered and lied about our age and got in and played the song. And we tied for uh, the first prize with these three women who were doing Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. I remember that was big. Like there was a cover of that that was big at the time again. Well, yeah, because uh, it was big in the 40s. <laughs> big in the 40s. And then somebody redid it and it came out again in the 70s. And, you know, it was big. Anyway, we tied and they brought out this applause meter at the chance in Poughkeepsie, this great club in Poughkeepsie. And, uh, they, you know, they I don't, it probably was a fake applause meter. But, you know, they said, who do you want? Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy or Poughkeepsie City of Sin, and we won the prize. Oh, you beat them. Good. They did the yeah, copy we song won $101. Anyway. <laughs> Look, I want to play here Hoot Out. You can see my house from here. It's just around the curve. You can park it round and back in the spot reserve. The neighbors are all dreaming. I'm the only one that's lit. Let me find my house. Keep bear with me a little bit. Go. Garbage in, garbage 
This Thursday, several NGOs wrote a letter to President Francois Hollande to protest. Gore-Tex and my North faces. As your step to form places and symbolize the meaning of oasis. Shiny watches and braces, bitches with butt injections and facelifts. I'm going ape shit. My history's in the pavement. Fountains full of coins, shaboing. Vivid like Mr. Goins, my groin. Women caress me when I'm horny. Inserted in the gushy pussy, but dizzy, squishy. Cut used to whoop me, quick jabs in the left hooky. Slap boxing in our hoodies was goody. Wipe the slate clean, the queen. 
From the tombs in the back pocket of my jeans Me and Napa raps so sick Presents tailor made To capture Dragon Ball Wish the level 4 Super Saiyan Super fly, super papers Out in the suits and gators Sports came into all the super Land cool to stars, spaceships Young Heen laughing like Miles Davis Young Heen, let's just get this gravy Behind my hands from sister, baby Making shit shake like a rattle Niggas death to the beef, less is Kobayashi cattle Can you smell it in the nail that rock cooking the bird and bushes Dunkin' sensual, getting international bookings, baby My got some other dope hit American made opiate wars in the VA Pre-jack projects may lead to regress But properly raising up youth gon' be the reset They try to test me for Murray Angle I change dimensions like a tetrahedron, a pep staple Like knowledge he had, but never thought he needed The reason, the archetype, but trying to able Bear fruit, a hamster will loop without a ladle Eating pros, try to steal the truth Be cautious of these labels Logic constantly weighing against my loaf But for the bread, we cannot afford the loaf No, so One for the road, three more for the days Four for life, familiar with shoes this made Car into a ditch. Had an 
him afford A man with a sunburn said it would help me
Watch for Pedro show. Yeah. Hoot out. From Life in a Blender. Then Bowman's Prendon. Highway Souffle. Kind of rhymes. Uh, 38 Tigers after that. They are gone. A little punk rock. Uh, no, not punk rock. Pun rock. A little pun <laughs> rock there. Water and Piano and Birds from His Name is Live. Ghetto Swahili. Nappy Nap. Featuring Raheem Supreme. Great solo record on uh, Nappy Nap on DC. He's one half of Model Home. Great, great record, people. Uh, Johnny Mark and the Ricks with Dinosaurs. This features the late, great Frankie Ennui from uh, Suburban Lawns. Which, uh, before we were Minutemen, we were called Reactionaries. We got to play with them. They had the old uh, practice pad of the Carpenters in Long Beach. And we got to play with them. Life in a Blender, finally, with Kent. It might be an area of England. It's also a town in uh, Ohio, right? Yeah, that's what we were. Yeah, D Boone bought a uh, Telecaster. That black Telecaster D Boone's was bought there. There was a club either there or Akron. Mother, mother something. <laughs> God, my memory. Your memory's much better there. Don, okay, okay. So this was just a duet, this band. Do you guys get more people in the band? Oh, yeah, we started, the two of us, writing and then brought in just whoever we knew in high school. And uh, and then we went off to college and sort of split up and then came back after college. And then in the 80s, Life in a Blender starts up and we just start to bring on whoever yeah, we meet along the way. But it was what, always me and my uh, friend from uh, junior high in Poughkeepsie that kept it going. But but the, 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 when you get back, it's New Jersey, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, because... The rent was so cheap. We had a great place in Jersey City. Yeah, 80 Waldo Avenue. <laughs> so you're, you're telling me that the rents are really high in Poe Town? I mean, we, we moved to Manhattan then. We had left. Ah, uh, okay. okay. We, we had moved down by that point to okay. New York. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So they are cheaper. Yeah. yeah. And then we moved over to Jersey City. Yeah. Right. We had a great place. You know, we used to pay two. There was th the drummer. The bass player Dave and me, three bedrooms for two fifty each. So back then that was great, and the basement was thrown in for free. So we rehearsed in the basement in, in Jersey City. A real basement band. Yeah, uh, it was J good. Jersey City's got WFMU. Yeah, they were doing gigs there. They they did the lower room, so it's a stage now and stuff. When uh, we get this COVID nineteen vaccine out, maybe gigs there again. But great. Station people, you can reach there on the internet. You don't have to live in Jersey City. You could get this in Sarajevo or Mostar if you got uh, internet connect. So check that out. Brian Turner was there a long time, a music director, great cat. Uh, but we're, we're we're talking the old days, like Maxwell days, right? Right, right. Maxwell's CBGBs. I because mean, I feel like we really played CBGBs a ton to just get to where we got to. And then for us, there's this bar, McGovern's, that was on Spring Street. That was really our home base bar. But then CBs too. I always think CBs was well. No, but just you wouldn't place. have to cr cross the river with Maxwell's because a couple episodes ago, I had a who that who that, who did I have on the the Bar None cat uh, a, gl a Glenn Morrow. Glenn Morrow. Yeah, yeah and they, you know. Him and Ira and all that, getting that going. And, I, in fact, Minutemen first played uh, Maxwell's when Ira was still booking it and was Soundman. So, uh, 
Yeah, I thought there were some friends talk about some mythic show with the Minutemen on some winter's night where they come from Manhattan and trudging through the snow. Could that be? Well, that... we did, you know, we toured all the time. And I, I remember the gig, one of the gigs at Maxwell's was with a kind of a sonic youth band called Rat at Rat R. Oh, yeah. And, I uh, and yeah, well, the one of the guitar men ended up the fucking conductor for Glenn uh, uh, Branca's uh, Hallucinant City, uh, number 13. That I got to do, be part of uh, 2006 or something. You know, it had 64 guitars, 20 basses, and one drummer, Virgil Moore. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a trip seeing him because you, you know how it is when there's a lot of years in between. So, uh, what, what, when do you become life is a blender? By, by this time in New Jersey, your life is a blender. Uh, yeah, probably around you know 86. We're starting, and then put out a first vinyl LP in 88. And where'd you record that? Uh, what, uh, record? Yeah, in we, order to put out an EP, you probably had to record something, right? Yeah, yeah. The, some of the early places, I, the very early places, I don't quite remember totally, but... Um, You're as bad as me. Artist, Dubway Studios, we recorded, a, you know, pretty much early, early stuff. And uh, he became the guitarist, the guy who owns uh, Dubway. He had the place up at the music building near the Port Authority. You know, he started with a eight-track studio, and, and he built it up from there. But that's, you know... Pretty much our early stuff started with him, and we just became friends, and then he joined as our guitarist. Port, Port Authority, I remember, because if you flew into Newark, you would take, uh, in fact, over to the World Trade Center, right, is where the Port Authority would come out. I remember. It's, there's some buses you had to ride on, too. It was kind of convoluted. But, so, the studio man, what, what he was impressed with the, the tunes you brought in? Yeah, I think, you know, he was just, we just kept coming back and paying him to record and he was getting hooked on him <laughs> and saying, you know, he was enjoying it. So then he, he joined in. So he's been in the band for decades now. Yeah. Just from us recording with him led to him joining us as a guitarist. Well, I want people to hear that. So don't be abusive to your studio people because they might end up in the fucking band. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about Torrent? Touring, we did some and then got lazy and, you know, pretty much now just play New York. But, you know, we went into Canada and Chicago and what about did a here show in Berlin. And what about West Coast? West Coast, you know, we never made it all the way to the West Coast. We made it, made it far as Michigan, never got out to California. Now, why? I played some shows out here, but. Now, you know. why? Why, Don? Why? I don't know. <laughs> Okay, that's, know, that's good enough. That's good enough. Went all the way. Just because, you know, usually when you do a tour, well, maybe it's because we're here in the West and there ain't much. You know, you do an I-5 tour. You have to get across the Rockies, right? You got to make that big jump. So what you end up doing is making a big loop. And the big turnaround place is Manhattan. Not Manhattan, Kansas, but the <laughs> the other one. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and, you know, we've just always kept going in New York and just liked it, just sort of stayed put, you know. Probably not the smartest move, but, you know, that's what we did. Well, I ain't asking if you're smart or not. I'm just wondering about Torin because Torin is a fucking education in itself because you yeah. really get to learn the country, you know, when you're driving around in your van and, uh, you know, conking at places, going through things. And so I, I was just wondering. But you did do Northeast stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. We went as far out to And you're saying Chicago, Michigan, so you did Michigan, a little... Michigan, and then, you know, into Kentucky, I know we played. So we we did some sweeping through, and up into Canada. So you almost, get, you almost made it... Airplay and et cetera. You almost made it to the, uh, what's it called? Central time zone. 
<laughs> Almost. I think we did. I think Chicago. We I think the there. line, yeah, because the line's at Grand Rapids. In Pittsburgh. No, so. no, no. Pittsburgh's still in the east. Still east? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Ohio people don't like being called Midwest. They think they're, and they, they are kind of uh, eastern, I guess. I guess. You know, I guess it depends on what area. So you mean before you would tour, you would check out your airplay? I mean, that's how we had, I forget who was booking us. So we had some guy booking us and we would go where we had some support with radio, college radio. And wow. that's where it was. So I know there was college radio and stuff like that, but I never heard of anybody booking a tour around that shit. Uh, interesting, interesting. Because for us, the idea of putting out records, they were like flyers for the tours. It was opposite of the industry. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, that's yeah. Well, that's how we did it. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. You know, circle. that's why I have guests on. Right. I know there's more than one than the Minutemen Black Flag way of doing things. You know, and I've learned it. Uh, Nineteen and a half years now. I've been doing the show, and I've found there's a whole bunch of different ways to do it. And uh, you can't remember your Booker Man, huh? I, you know, I can't. I mean, for a while we had a really good one for a minute for a few shows, but it's just New York. Like Venture Booking was doing a couple, but but then that that dissolved, and then it was somebody yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name. Now me, I've had the same Booker Man for thirty thirty two <laughs> years now, thirty three years. Yeah, you know. But you're I, right. Touring is a learning adventure or whatever just you know stay right up. right if you find somebody good like you keep them right like a, like a, your head in the middle of the night and you, know, you did everything you did just to get to the show like uh yeah but even the shows if it's a shitty promoter you work for them once right you don't go back to the asshole find somebody else You're, look we're at the end of the first hour december 7 2020 dish you pedro show special guest don ralph hold tight for hour two Seattle and doing a punk rock karaoke? Yeah, but we're on the air. Let's talk, uh, talk about this. Okay. People oh. already hear enough about what. It's about you. People, December 7, <laughs> 2020, edition of Pedro Show. Second hour. On a foggy night when the city carries sounds of wheels on tracks. And my cleaning hose, you will rise from bed and see me down. Sleep interrupted by the bedroom window below. I'll be standing at the top of the stairs. You'll look out with your disapproving frown. But inside my head, I'll be singing out loud. I am a member of the mobile wash unit. I am a member of the mobile wash unit. I am a member of the mobile wash unit. I am a member of the mobile wash unit. Stairs running hoses down steps, sending suds to mysterious holes. A schedule break will offer a glimpse of the moon up on street level where my truck reveals my name, my occupation. I am a member of the mobile wash unit. 
Step outside the shade 
For Pedro Show, uh, mobile wash unit started off the second hour. Life of the Blader, and, and here's Don. He's going to enlighten you to get, give it to him. Tell you all about it. Uh, well, let's see. Well, in New York, there there's always these guys in the mobile wash unit truck who would go around and clean the subways. And late hours, late, late, late into the night, they're out there with their hoses and cleaning down. And I just uh, thought these guys are. The, the heroes of keeping the subway clean because that's a that's a tough job when you have to clean the subway. So, oh yeah, uh, I, I just felt like I'm telling their sort of lonely tale, but also you know let's uh, give them some love. Yeah, because the cleaner, I, cleaners of the subway. I think part of it is people are like, I can dirty this shit up because somebody's going to get paid to clean it. It's such a weird fucking logic. I, I've seen fucking sacks of McDonald crap flying out of the, on the freeway. <laughs> like somebody's going to get that. I guess that's the attitude. Yeah, well, we got they, they, they clean up all that gum, that gum that becomes those like black, oh, yeah. you know, little tar pits of gum on the, the subway. The they get rid of all that somehow. Yeah, they're, you're, you're right. Unsung heroes. Uh, <laughs> Sam Bennett, after that, call the name across. Call the name across. That's strange. Okay. Carl M. Uh, v. Val. No. <laughs> Carl M. V. Wow. W-A-U-G-H from Brighton, England with Mechanical Truth. One, two, three. No, The Taking of Punk Tusk, one, two, three. By Chicago's Good Fuck. Plutonium Farmers, Vows of Heck. And Not Your Problem from Life of the Blender. Not Your Problem. That's sort of like what people are thinking about the mobile washing. It's not my problem. <laughs> and that not your problem song has a big you know you can't hide from the family sort of chorus going on yeah and i always feel that i feel like you can't hide from your family so there, that's a big lyric in that song we're not your problem and you know another you thing about the family. the family another thing about the family you, you don't pick them they're like kind of gifted to you yeah you, and yeah and they're they always keep coming back you always <laughs> sort of have to report in to the family right right whereas with well, friends you get to pick them you don't get to pick <laughs> fucking family What's that yeah. about? <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, so, so, okay, you're on guitar. Uh, your studio man was on guitar. Your buddy, Doug, right? Dave. Dave. He, was, he started on bass and then switched over to Dave Moody, started on bass and then switched to cello and rhythm guitar for various reasons. He dropped out at one point, came back in. And so other, it was just the way the band evolved along the way. Yeah, but Don, what was it like with cello? Cello's great. <laughs> no, cello no, I've never, I've never been in a band with a cello, so I'm asking you, how, what was it like for you? Yeah, I mean, I love it. I love the orchestration. We do a lot of, you know, I feel like we have the rock bass, and then we add on some orchestration here and there that I think just uh, helps, doesn't overwhelm it. So, you know, we got the, we have Dave switching to cello sometimes, and then Rebecca 
uh, Weiner came in on uh, violin, so she plays on a lot, and they had the string section going. Yeah, because the cello can go down to the bass uh, world. Uh, in fact, it's got incredible... The only weird thing about cello is the way you got to play it, like between your legs and shit. Were you guys... Uh, were you into uh, electric light orchestra? I, I Yeah. I mean, in fact... Well, God, no, I'm not going to... We did do a cover of one of their songs, too, but it's a living thing. We did a cover of It's a Living Thing. Well, one not point. that one so much, but they did a cover of Chuck Berry's Roll Over Beethoven. Oh, yeah, I remember that, yeah. That's the only song I liked by them, but that was good. And I think they had two cello players. And one guy had, like, a sock over his head or some shit. But, but, <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's something about strings and stuff like that. What, I mean, I guess you could say, like, the strings might take away the rock energy, but I always felt like we made it so it complemented it. Yeah, I don't know. Music is music to me. I don't give a fuck about some kind of purity test. Uh, you know, it all comes out, it's it's notes and rhythms, right, hitting the ears and body in that, in, at the end of the day. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm curious, did they arrange your own parts, or did you get into shit like that? No, they. everyone pretty much comes in and arranges their own parts. Although I'll say Mark Lerner, the bass player, he's got an ear for it, and then he, he'll often come in with ideas. You know, Cello, why don't you try this? And Mark's oh. great with the – we brought in horns too eventually, as you hear on this new stuff. Yeah, right, right, right. He, he arranges a lot of those horns. Who are the horn guys? The horns, I mean, and they, we don't use them all the time. Yeah, but, but uh, who are they on the, the record? On this, ja Jackie Coleman, great trumpet player, Drew Krasner on the alto sax, and uh, Kevin Moringer on trombone. The bone, that's some bass cliff. I want to hear a rocket to love you.
Wir sind das Verladen hier. Ist ein bisschen ruhig. Habt ihr kein Klavierspieler? Wir gehen Dann trägt das Geschäft nicht. Alle wegen. Singen wir halt ohne Klavier. Singen wir sonst meistens ohne Klavier.
remembered from the grounds inside my cup. I think next time I'll skip the coffee and get water for my lunch. You know, water is it wonders for you. You'd never know that you were 95. Believe me, I've tried to kill myself a thousand times. It can be so hard to stay alive. I know, I know, my days are numbered from the grounds inside my cup. I think next time I'll show rocket to love you life in a blender and then from poland troopa troopa with invisible door huma from their new album um, um, yeah Ubi how do you say it well it's, pr- it's spelled u-b-i-c-u-o so you know is it italiano spelling or what ubicio ubicuo <laughs> whatever uh, good music. <laughs> I like it. Berlin Alexanderplatz. Now I can do that one, right? That's where the Brandenburg Gate is. Uh, Alessandro Novaga. She's going to be on the show a couple months. She's from Italy. Uh, so you're my Nile uh, colleague. 
Stephanopoulia. Gaslight Fairgrounds from History. And finally, Soul Deliverer. <laughs> Deliverer. I know, it's a, it's a two er. Deliverer. <laughs> Deliverer. <laughs> well, you know about Asia uh, uh, from Life is a Blood. You know, Asia ears can't hear the R's and L's so much, right? So if you really want to get them on a word, delivery. <laughs> Why, Gets that, me. That, yeah, delivery. deliverer. <laughs> yeah, but this deliverer is hard for English. But <laughs> if you want to get an Asian, and they got words too that's hard for us. Look, I couldn't even fucking say that ubiquo word. I fuck up all kinds of shit, my own name. So <laughs> <laughs> tell me about this record, Don. Where did you record it at? I mean, it's recent enough where you can remember, right? Yeah, I mean, we recorded all the basic tracks at Dubway, the guitar player, Al Houghton's place. You know, in Manhattan, which is he has now his studios downtown. He's moved from the eight track music building Port Authority studio to the big full, you know, many zillion track studio down in the Wall Street area there somewhere. And um, yeah, we recorded there before the whole lockdown. So we got basic tracks and then did a lot of overdubbing over, you know, when March hit and everything shut down, we really focused on the overdubs. Give us a chance to obsessively brood over each song. Well, you guys don't live in the same town, right? Did you have yeah, to we're fly? All, we're all over. I mean, yeah. I am in Seattle a lot, but then keep coming back to New York. Uh, and then, you know, some are upstate and some are still right in Manhattan. No, what I'm, what I'm wondering about is the process of getting the tunes together. Do you make demos for people? You know, somewhat, but I really I come back to New York and really spend a lot of time there with them, and we just all get together. That's mostly that's how they come together. We all get in the room together and just spend long periods together. You mean with no ideas? You you just brainstorm it there, or do you bring in some ideas? <clears throat> I mean, I pretty much just bring in the rudimentary. You know, here's the basic song, and then they put their musical hats on and really get it together. And what do you mainly compose on? Mostly guitar, although I, I play on some piano. Uh, so, like, uh, I, you know, I'm curious about this because, I, you know, for a lot of years I've been using the bass for a composition tool. And, I, and I, I'm wondering, when you deliver the tune to these guys, you leave enough holes so that they can collaborate. I mean, we're talking strings and horns. and Yeah, I mean, I feel like I leave, I leave plenty of holes. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. And what about the um, word... Do you, do you collaborate with the words? No, yeah, I I have the word, all the lyrics, and come in. Here's the song, and yeah, I've just been lucky. They support my, you know, vision. I guess overall, you know, I've said like, here's the song. So it start, you know, again, starts with my friend Dave. You know, here it's me and him, and then just been lucky that these guys say, okay, well, Dave, we'll I called him Doug, and, and figure out him, how to make him sound good. I called him Doug. I'm sorry, his name's Dave. Oh, no sorry, problem. sorry, Dave. <laughs> sorry, Dave. Dave. that's my middle fucking name too. What an asshole. Sorry, sorry. But, but okay, so you and Dave get them together, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I really write them, basically, and then Dave's always been there, you know, supporting okay, me okay. by the way. Now, now so, so the words are really early on, then? Yeah. Okay, because yeah, yeah. some guys all like to add on the... the song, like, pretty much, here's the basic song, and then they'll come in and layer everything on top and say, you know, well, I've I've had, Charles sounds like this, etc. I've had a lot of guys on the show, they tell me the words come way last. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do this. That's why I'm curious and I ask about it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I feel like I come from the singer-songwriter No, camp. it's it's all right. It's all right. Uh, you know, there ain't no wrong way. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, I like what I'm hearing. We're at the end of the second hour, December 7, 2020 edition of Watt Show. Special guest, Don Ralph. Hold on for hour three. November 7, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. Across the stage, Grandma gives a smile and wonders how she's, how she's got such pretty legs.
Oh, oh, oh. 
Why does this say here, this thing here? Oh, that? Oh, that's the usual clause. That's in every contract. That just says, uh, it says, uh, if any of the parties participating in this contract are shown not to be in their right mind, the entire agreement is automatically nullified. Well, I don't know. It's all right. That, that's in every contract. That's, that's what they call a sanity clause.
You can't fool me. There ain't no sanity clause. Okay, huh, 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 all right. Huh. 
on a Greyhound bus. He never tried to text me, nothing what to trust. What does he go? What does he? I'll take world read, I'll take world speak. As long as it has got the taste of a good time and a fair shake. I just did drill the well so deep and taps into a geyser. Lock from Pedro Show. Start the third hour off with Tongue Cut Sparrow, Life in a Blender. Don's going to like enlighten you to the meaning behind this. I will tell all. Uh, well, that song, that um, uh, a lot of the songs, and that one too, it comes from this project, the Bushwick Book Club. And Susan Wong started that in Brooklyn, and it brings together all different artists and musicians to write songs about a literary work. So that one, Tonka Sparrow, was this woman, uh, oh God, I'm going to forget her name right now, Sundaval, what was her name? Mitsu Sundaval, who was, she was Japanese and Swedish, but she wrote this story about her niece who was a stripper, and she felt like the her whole burlesque show that the niece did empowered her, and she wrote a short story called Tonka Sparrow. So we wrote that about her, and the whole vibe of the song is kind of burlesque I think. It has that burlesque va 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 boom attitude <laughs> did you ever play the trocadero in philadelphia no we that, did play philadelphia ones with a dead milkman offshoot but where did we play but i don't think we played the trocadero well, i bring that up because that was a burlesque house and, and you want to know the japanese word for sparrow yes susame susame yeah huh so some more fucking factoids from one, huh? Then we heard a tragic <laughs> comedy with movie mongrel Bronze Age UFO out of Baltimore with AAML, an acronym I have no idea means. Mountain, uh, one of these days, the Santa Claus mix, or Sainty Claus, I guess. It's too early anyway. I fucking should have played this in two weeks, right, people? Fucked up again. By Mountain Offensive, that's... Go ahead. It started the Christmas. The Christmas barrage has started. So okay, not, so it's early. okay to play that fucking. It's it's a, yeah. it's a version of the Pink Floyd. One of these days, you know what's really interesting about the, the original is there's two bass guitars. Uh, David Gilmore playing very correct. Roger Waters all over the fucking place. But both of them together, it's the neatest kind of effect. And 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 to play, it, it's one interval. It's Econo. Uh But that's Brother Phil up in the mammoth. Doing his thing, and finally, trust, a uh, trust from life in a blender. To, what were you, is that a hopeful song? That song was it was more of a story song. Somebody's got like a. I just had a vision of somebody with a secret sort of illicit package taking it upstate, and they had to trust the person with it. So uh, that's all that was about. Who's the one to trust with the stuff you own and have? And, Want to make sure it gets to the right place. Sounding like French Connection. Uh, back to pick your feet in Poughkeepsie. <laughs> we lost Roy Schneider I just could, a few months I ago, that right? Again, that, that, that chase scene under the, the subway bridge, that's one of the best. Popeye Doyle. Popeye Doyle, Gene, I know, great. Gene, Gene, Gene Hackman, <laughs> right? Gene Hackman. Yeah, Gene Hackman. Right, and, and, and like I said, we lost Roy Schneider, I think, a couple months ago. Uh, I want to play vacancy for a bluebird. No, another uh, Tory. Tory is the word for bird.
Thank you. 
show last music for this edition life in a blender with vacancy for bluebird look people we're on a bird riff here so we're gonna let don fucking enlighten you to this one. <laughs> yeah, we, we just have tons tons of songs about birds and uh that one came from a kurt vonnegut story because he was uh noticing that there weren't many bluebirds around he thought maybe the climate was going you know affecting it and just getting rid of the bluebirds where he was in this uh man without a country story so that was a song based on his book from Kurt Vonnegut. Miniature 8 by Mike Cooper. Uh, then we have Brigands, part three from Wayne Pete Ensemble. And what happened to Smith? I guess it's supposed to have a question mark. 
but it should have a question mark. Yeah, it's what a, happened? It's a it's an interrogative. It's not a declarative, right? So life in a blender. And look, the last bunch of songs you had a literary reference, and you had a, mis, a reference, Mister Vonnegut. Does does literature influence your writing, Don? Well, well, lately, because of that one project, it just really uh, has taken over a lot of the songs. So five of the songs on this record are from works of literature. And, uh, yeah, it comes from that Bushwick Book Club. It, it was really great because it takes you, makes you think in a whole different way that I wouldn't necessarily think. You know, I always say well, you, I always gravitate to writing songs about dogs and beer and death. And then so the Bushwick Book Club expanded my evolved my brain from simple chimp like brain to, you know, more sophisticated Planet of the Apes brain. Well, I asked, uh, yeah, but which one? The, the, Roddy, <laughs> the Roddy, Roddy, Roddy McDowell, Roddy McDowell. chimpanzee, or like, I guess there was orangutans and gorillas. Gorillas were more soldier. Orangutan was more uh, politician. Chimpanzee was more scientist. But no, I ask you this, Don, because I use a lot of literature for my inspiration for songs. Because they're a little... You got to kind of translate, right? You got to make an interpretation. Whereas, if yeah. you, a little more, there's another layer of your own creativity involved than hearing somebody's lick and then stealing it for your song. Right, right. <laughs> it definitely pushes your brain off the normal track it would be on. So, I mean, I've I've liked that, and it's been this project that's done that. So, and so, yeah. so tell me, do you keep a little? notebook of song ideas or it's just the one page like it's time to write a song i'm going to write on this page yeah no i keep a notebook of all little scraps little lyric ideas and then i am always recording little uh, fragments in the computer uh, of different pieces i mean sometimes a song will just come out there it is but often you know i'll have this piece and that piece and go back and listen and then get lyrics and i have this red book that i just keep jotting down lyric ideas in and then you run it past dave now is dave like an editor dave well dave's a good you know i can run it by him and see if, if he doesn't like it odds are no one's gonna like it oh <laughs> so he's kind of the yeah, I run it by him run he's it by the drummer ken Me- i gotta get the drummer's name in there too ken meyer so he's uh dave's kind of the litmus test he can be the litmus test often. Yeah, he, if he yeah. glazes over when I play it, I know it's you know it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, let this one go, or, or run <laughs> away to f- uh, fight another day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, w- the stuff you wrote for this new record was it all used, or is there shit in the can? Uh, there's nothing in the can. Yeah, everything. You know, we probably would have gone more if that if the whole COVID thing didn't hit us. We probably would have waited and done a longer record. This is an EP, six songs. But yeah, we didn't get to record any more yet. I have songs ready to go, but now we've got to wait till we can really get back together. So, so six songs. How, how long is it? It's about thirty minutes. Yeah, but Funhouse was thirty-two minutes. <laughs> so, you, have, you got an album. You got an album. I call it an EP. Maybe it's an LP at thirty-two. At thirty, what makes what's the, what's the what's the cutoff line? I don't know. Well, to me, EP means extended play, so it's actually a big single. But uh, look, I'm not in charge of this shit, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck what? It's one. a record. It's just it's an opinion. But but uh, look, it sounds whole. And to me, that's what's important, you know? It, it sounds like a whole work. So, you know, in, 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 a, in another way, it's a diary entry, right? Of these times, of this moment, and that's the way it is. It's, it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. And I think we wouldn't have... We made it different i think because we were in the lockdown mode we thought about it a lot and then 
it's a it's a different shape than a usual CD. You know, it's taller and won't fit into your CD collection easily at all. And then, uh, you know, it'll stick right out. You can find it easily. And it's filled with original art. We, we got six friends to make uh, pieces of art for each song, inspired by each song. And then we had some friends who like to make cocktails and bartenders that we knew who made uh, drinks made out of each, based on each song. So, I mean, that was all fun for us to do. And I think, you know, makes this uh, Satsuma record maybe more interesting for our fans and other people, too. Yeah. Now, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, yeah, lifeinablender.net. Okay. Lifeinablender.net. It's all Get there. Get that, people. L-I-F-E. I-N-A-B-L-E-N-D-E-R dot N-E-T. Go there, and they got links probably to all the other stuff. Like, hopefully, this uh, spiel we're doing right here. And so, of course... The plan now is, uh, yeah, things get calmer and vaccined up, and we can. Uh, but, but are, in the meantime, are you getting uh, more tunes out of the little red book? Yeah, uh, yeah, and for some reason, been gravitating toward the piano and uh, churning out, yeah, a lot of tunes. I'm sending the fragments over to the band, but yeah, we really need to get together. We got to figure out a way we can all get locked down together and bring all these the the new stuff to to them. Well, there's the trade and file thing. Yeah, what we got to get on the internet is some way to play together without latency. But th- that's down the road. That's down the road. Uh, I- I'm I'm curious though. Uh, your 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 future. You're you're writing on the piano with your left hand. Do you do bass lines? Uh, a, a tiny little bit, but not much. Yeah, I'm more you know banging it out like I do on guitar. You know, I, the, the bass player is going to bring it. I wish I w- had the bass sensibility. <laughs> you know, I'm a little prejudiced. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little prejudiced that way. That's why I asked about that. But because you know, you're almost a one man band in a piano, right? You got your treble hand and your bass hand, and yeah, you know, at, at one point, especially with the the big bands and swing stuff, everybody who wasn't a horn was in the rhythm section: piano, drums, bass, guitar, dr- the whole dealio. You know, it was with amplifiers and stuff we could, you know change and stuff so we used to be all cousins and then division of labor and <laughs> that, that those things happen that's okay yeah i wish i wish my left hand could get that bass action going i'm really, really just plucking out the one you know one or two notes on the bass line with the left and, and it's really the me- melody for me on the on the right going <laughs> because you know rock and roll comes from piano right that boogie woogie with the left hand was really important in the old days yeah, and God, I appreciate that. What, you know, somebody can play the piano like that, that is yeah. so great. I, I think people get this idea that rock and roll has always been guitar. That's not true. It was piano. It was piano. Look at Little Richard. Look at Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. You know, Chuck Berry helped with the guitar, but then all his songs came from his guitar, a uh, uh, piano man. Come on, what? Talk, Rick. And that kind of art, that kind of piano rock and roll, I don't know if you see it as much, really. You know, and I, I know, really but it is. It. I, I love it. It's the foundation, right? Things, you know, sometimes they go down the road and you can't even recognize where they come from. And that's what happens. Right. But it's okay. Cause it's a dynamic living, growing thing and fucking life in a blender is part of that. And Don, it's been a real honor to have you on the show. I can't wait to hear your next uh, music. Can't wait to get back on it. <laughs> I know we got to expand out of the six that we just did on this last <laughs> one. Right. Okay. Big love people. It's been November, December 7, 2020 dish. Wow. Peter show. Keep your powder dry.